Fantastic. Would you like to be seated? And Mary's going to come up and bring us our Bible reading for this morning. The first reading is from Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. Instructions on worship. I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and people, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, the testimony given in its proper time. The second reading is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Further instructions. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Nigel, let's pray for you. Father God, we thank you for for Nigel and we pray that your spirit would fill him and rest upon him now as he proclaims your word, your truth, your message for us this morning. Give us courage to respond to what it is you're saying to each of us individually, we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Good morning, everyone. Hottest day of the year yesterday, 33 degrees at Heathrow Airport. Where were we yesterday? Two miles from Heathrow Airport. (laughs) What were we doing? A barn dance. (laughs) So if I don't make it this morning, you'll know what's happened. Anyway, we missed the rugby. And in the interests of stoking up a bit of um, World Cup rivalry, and because I'm a POM who has been sledged over the years by the Aussies, I pose this question. What's the difference between a yoghurt and Australia? If you leave a yoghurt long enough, it develops a culture. (laughs) Sorry, bit edgy. If you can't take it, don't dish it out, lads. Well, this morning we're about developing a culture, developing a faith-sharing culture. And if I were to ask you this morning how your faith journey is going, I wonder what you would say. If I were to ask you to mark out of 10 how you're doing on your faith journey, what number would you give yourself? That low? 
I wonder why that is. Perhaps you feel inadequate. Perhaps you just don't feel you're up to the job. Maybe you think you're a bit of a poor advert as a Christian. Well, if that's you this morning, don't write yourselves off just yet because help is at hand. Last week, we started this series thinking about the prodigal son and seeing the necessity of a loving encounter with the father, which neither the prodigal nor his elder brother had to begin with. That relationship with the father is a place of extravagant love, a place of celebration, a place of joy at the father's side. And today in this second series on developing a faith-sharing culture, we focus on the partnership of prayer. Partnership in prayer. Prayer with perseverance. Prayer that is personal. Partnership, perseverance, personal. Three Ps of prayer. Paul gives advice in this passage in Colossians 4, which Mary read to us. And he shares something of God's heart for you. And he shares about how you go about it. It's not written to super-Christians. It was written to those who are struggling, stumbling, stumbling with the fundamentals of their faith. Because the church at Colossae was founded by a man called Epaphras. And he came to Christ through Paul's teaching in Ephesus. And Epaphras asks Paul to write this letter to the Colossian church because he wants to keep them on the right track. And what we've read is some of the concluding words of this letter, giving us advice on how to pray and how to witness. Now, I haven't worn my wedding ring for many, many years, and it's because it got caught in a door jam in Scotland in a hotel many years ago, and it didn't do my knuckle any good, and it was out of shape. But this week, I've had it reshaped by John Spencer up at um, Staple Hill at the jewellers there. That's a fabulous shop, isn't it? I love those people. They're brilliant. Anyway... As I looked at my wedding ring for the first time in many years, I better not drop it, I noticed on the inside it's got some hallmarks. Hallmarks which speak of the authenticity of that ring. And Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 gives us some hallmarks of prayer. Marks which should ensure that it's genuine and effective. It makes sure it's the real thing. The three hallmarks in verse 2 are be devoted, be watchful, and be thankful. Taking them more or less in the reverse order, I think thankfulness is a great place to start in prayer. Thankfulness that we're chosen, thankfulness for the grace we've received, and thankful that we're part of God's mission. But the second hallmark Paul talks about is devoted. Do you remember he tells the Thessalonian church, to pray without ceasing. That is being devoted in prayer. But unceasing prayer sounds like it's a bit of a burden, but it's not supposed to be. It's an invitation, an invitation to take every opportunity. First hallmark is thankfulness, and the second one is being devoted. And the third hallmark is being watchful, alert, on the lookout, watchful that Satan doesn't derail your relationship with God. Watchful for others. Watchful for those in Christ who need support. 
watchful for those without Christ, that you may may be able to bring Christ to them. And in verse 3, Paul gives us an example of what he means by watchfulness. He says this, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Can you see in that a watchfulness? Paul is looking for opportunities. He's looking to make Christ known. He's looking to be clear, unambiguous, effective. So those are his three hallmarks, devoted, watchful, and thankful. And then having asked the Colossians to pray for him, he then tells them how to act. In verse 5, he says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So having given us the hallmarks of prayer, devoted, watchful, and thankful, he now gives us the hallmarks of witness, acting wisely, taking opportunities, speaking gracefully, giving clear answers. So why is all this important? Why isn't this some kind of nice to do? Well, it's because, and here is the big takeaway for this morning, it's because God has chosen you to partner with him in mission. God wants your partnership with him in mission. And it's in prayer that that deal is done. So what is partnership? What is God looking for? Well, partnership is cooperation. It's two people bringing their different resources together to work together. That's partnership. It speaks of interdependence, both needing each other. And God has chosen you for his partner. Now, if you're old enough to be able to think back to 1982 and the Falklands War, you may remember that one of the first things we noticed about that war was a raid by two RAF Vulcan bombers on, to disable the airstrip at Port Stanley. It was a round trip of 7,500 miles from Ascension Island. By way of a bit of throwaway trivia, I have a sister-in-law who was born in Ascension Island. I've never met anybody else who can say that. Anyway, because of the enormous distance from Ascension Island to the Falklands and back again, these Vulcan bombers needed air-to-air refueling, both on the way there and on the way back. And so a fleet of air refueling tankers was used, 11 in total, 11. Because not only did they need to refuel the Vulcans on the way there and back, they needed to refuel other refueling tankers to get far enough down. The distance was so immense, even the refueling tankers needed refueling. Can you just imagine it? Out over the hostile South Atlantic Ocean, thousand miles from any land, and each plane completely and utterly reliant on meeting their partner aircraft in the right place at the right time to refuel. And all that without modern GPS to know where they were. Any missed rendezvous meant utter catastrophe. 
completely dependent on one another. Their life was literally in each other's hands. And that's it, that's partnership. A total reliance, one on another. And God wants your partnership. You relying on him and him relying on you. There are things he does which you need. And there are things that you do which he needs. It's a partnership. It's working together, pooling resources, depending on one another. Now, if earlier you gave yourself a bit of a low score on the quality of your faith journey, maybe what is missing is a partnership with God. Maybe you're trying to do it on your own and you haven't got what it takes and you need his partnership. So where is this partnership expressed? Well, I've already given you the answer. It's expressed in prayer. Because it's in prayer that we find that we understand God's purposes and we become aligned with his purposes. It's in prayer that we put each other in each other's hands. We bring to God those things about which he has made us passionate. It shows to God that we're on his side. We understand, we get it. But we also recognize what we can't do, what we need him to do. His part of the partnership, we offer to him what we can do, but we also bring to him what we can't do. So that's our first P in prayer, partnership. Can God count on you as his prayer partner in his mission? Our second P in prayer is the P of persistence. Persistence means keep going, not giving up when the going is tough, not sitting on the edge at the barn dance because it's too hot. It's easy to give up when we get discouraged. But Paul says, press on, keep going. And Jesus said the same thing. Do you remember the parable about the persistent widow and the judge? Keep going, be persistent. Because there's something that makes us give up. Something that makes us discouraged. And I think there are two temptations here which I see in myself. The first temptation is to think that we can do it on our own. That we don't need God's partnership. We just go off on our merry way. The other week when I was speaking at Open Church, I was sharing some of my experiences of witnessing for, witnessing for Christ. And I shared one of my failures, which happened when I was at university. Because our Christian Union had organized a week of mission and we were challenged to invite as many people as possible. And out of the 151 guys in my hall of residence, I was the only Christian. So I decided I would knock on every door and invite everyone. I could write a book about that week, but I won't go there. But there was one guy, Nick, who I never got to speak to because he was a scuba diver. He was always off doing his diving underwater and I never got to talk to him. I talked to everybody else, but never to him. And you know what happened, don't you? That mission week, nobody I talked to came to the mission. 
But Nick did, and he found Christ and became a Christian. We need persistence, which I had, but I was trying to do it on my own. Persistence without partnership doesn't work. And there's a second reason we don't persist. It's because we just think we can't do it. We're too small. We're too insignificant. Too sinful. Too old. Maybe just useless. I can't do it. But if that's you, then take heart because you're just the sort of person that God has a habit of using. Just after the war in 1949 in the Isle of Lewis, in the Outer Hebrides, in a small cottage in the village of Barvas, lived two sisters called Peggy and Christine Smith. They were 84 and 82. Peggy was blind and poor Christine was almost bent double with arthritis. They couldn't even get out to church, but they could pray. And they did pray. And they prayed persistently and continually for God's blessing on their community. Until one day, in prayer, God revealed to them that he was going to bring revival to their community. So in faith, they called a preacher, Duncan Campbell, to come to be prepared for this revival. And revival came. And men and women in their hundreds were compelled by the Spirit of God to repent and to be filled with his Spirit. Their testimonies are well documented. Testimonies of people who were stirred in the middle of the night, woken up by the Spirit of God to get out of bed and go to the church, only to find there in the middle of the night the church was full of other people that God had done exactly the same too. It was two infirmed ladies who through persistent prayer lit a fuse of revival. So don't write yourself off. Don't think you can't do it. Because with God, all things are possible. Partnership in prayer, persistence in prayer, and finally, prayer that is personal. Prayer that is personal. Not prayer in generalizations. Pray specifically. Pray specifically for specific things and specific people. If you don't pray specifically, you'll never know whether you've seen an answer to prayer. Be deliberate, be specific, be personal. I was supporting someone in this church a little while ago through a difficult time. And he was sharing with me his difficulty in praying. So I encouraged him to pray every morning at half past seven for the next week. And I said, if you do that, I at the same time will pray for you. Partnership. So the next morning at half past seven, I sent him a text message to say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying Psalm 46 for you. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. My phone bleeped immediately. The answer came back within seconds, and it said, that is amazing. He said, after you left last night, God told me to learn that very psalm off by heart 
So I spent the next hour learning it. Be personal. Be specific with God. Set yourself a challenge this week to pray specifically for named individuals, people you know. Write their name down. Keep praying for them, praying personally, praying persistently. Start with just three. We have prayer cards uh, which will be distributed, which give you the opportunity to write three names on a card so that you can take it home and you can put it somewhere. And when you see it, you can be reminded to pray for those people. Start with three. If you can, be brave. Go further. Take a handful. When I was a toddler aged about four, I remember my uncle used to take me by the hand and he used to name my fingers. Is that a thing? Is anybody... Anyway, he used to name my fingers. And it sticks with me. Tom Thumb, Peter Pointer, Long Lacer, Bill Milker, Little Tipsy Townsend. <laughs> name your fingers with people that you want to pray for. And then look at your hand and pray one by one for them. Be personal. Be specific. Name people personally, being thankful and watchful and devoted in the partnership of prayer. And pray with others. There's an encouragement of praying together. Now, when I hear you cry, could I do that? Funny you should ask that, because at half past six tonight, we're meeting at Quakers Road to pray for the Bromley Heath community. Can you be there for that? Come and join us. Come and share in the partnership of prayer with God. Express your partnership in prayer, individually and collectively. See, often our faith journey is not about trying harder, but about grasping God in prayer. Making God your mission partner. Him making you his mission partner. Allow him to do what you can't and allow him to equip you for what you can. What God is asking of you is a bit like a marriage ceremony. He's offering his hand to you and he's saying, will you be my partner? Will you be my prayer partner? How will you respond? Will you say what Paul and Tracy said the other day here? Yes, I will. Let's just spend a quiet moment and take stock of what God is asking of us. Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel scared? Do you feel hopeless? God comes to you as your partner. And he says, with me, you can overcome. You may feel dry and weak, but through prayer, let him become your strength. Through your encounter with the Father, with your partnership with him in prayer, let him develop in you a faith 
sharing culture. Father God, I thank you for your fatherhood. I thank you for the wonder of your love so freely given to me. And as you call me into partnership in your mission, I come to acknowledge my weakness. Help me through prayer to learn what it is for me to rely on you and for you to rely on me. So that as partners in mission, your kingdom may come in the places where you put me. For your glory I pray. Amen.